traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Hi, folks. Welcome back. You are listening to More Money on 77 WABC Talk Radio. Thank you so much for spending some of your 4th of July weekend uh, listening to my show. It is always a privilege and an honor to be on. And I want to thank John Katsimides, the wonderful owner of this great station. I believe WABC Talk Radio is the most important talk radio station in the United States of America. And by the way, I hope everyone is going to have a very, very happy and patriotic 4th of July. Don't forget, I'm going to get to your questions in about 10 minutes. And the question of the day on the More Money Hotline, and remember, that number is 1-800-848-9222. The question of the day is, do you agree with me that America is the greatest country on earth? And if you don't, Call in. Tell me what country you think is better. Is it the Netherlands? Is it Belgium? Is it France? Is it China? Is it India? Is it Canada? So I want to hear because only uh, there's one out of three Americans who say, no, America is not the greatest country on the, on the uh, face of the earth. And, and I'd like to know uh, what country is. And if you also believe that America is the greatest country, I want to hear why you think it is. What do you think is makes America special? Because let's have some fun on this patriotic weekend. But before we get to that, I want to talk to Dr. David Legates, who is on the line, who is a scholar at the Independent Institute out in Oakland, California. And he has a great new book out called Hot Talk, Cold Science, Global Warming's Unfinished Debate. And uh, David, first of all, uh, thanks so much for joining us on this Fourth of July weekend. Thank you. Nice to talk with you. You too. So, um when I hear people talk about global warming on CNN and MSNBC and in Washington, D.C., they say the debate is over. It's not an unfinished debate. And what I thought was so intriguing about the title of your book is you say this is an unfinished debate. So can you tell us what's unfinished? Because I've been told all this, all the science is settled. Yeah, the science is never settled. That's the whole point. I mean, we think we know everything about gravity, but essentially our gravitational model doesn't work at astronomical scales, nor does it work at um, uh, molecular particle scale. So we don't even really understand gravity. I mean, that's part of the issue is that climate change is an extremely complicated process. I mean, probably the most complicated process we have on the planet, short of life itself. And it involves everything imaginable. It even involves economics. So people making economic decisions affect the climate and so forth. And so to try to be able to say that we understand everything associated with climate change is just a ridiculous statement. So, David, I mean, it's a a great point that you're making, and thank you for making it. And I'm mystified by why is there not more humility among some of these scientists uh, when it comes to predicting what the, you know, the temperature of the planet's going to be 20 or 30 or 50 or 100 years from now. And in terms of what's changing the climate, obviously the climate changes, it's been <laughs> changing for millions of years. I, why is there this necessity to 
browbeat everybody into believing these models that are, you know, very loose and, and very, um, uh, you know, inaccurate oftentimes. Why are we being bullied into believing these things? Well, see, in part, I, one of the things I see is that scientists, when they write for other scientists, they generally incorporate all the if, ands, buts, caveats, exceptions, and things like that right. that we're yeah. not really sure about. But then when they go to make public statements, as, as Stephen Schneider once said, you know, we have to offer up scary scenarios and you know, give away with all the qualifications in order to effect change. And I think this is part of the problem, is you have a lot of scientists that have become activists. And that's yes. part of what uh, Fred Singer, who is the actual author of the book, I mean, Fred uh, died about a year and a half ago, and this is a revision of a book he put right. together uh, 27 years ago. Uh, let, me, that was, let me just interrupt you and tell you, say that I, I knew Fred Singer very well, and he was a great, great American, a great scholar. And I'm, I'm appreciative, David, that you you know picked up this project because he was one of the smartest guys out there, and, and you've done a wonderful job of, uh, of picking up his research. Well, I thank you, and that's why I want to make sure that we got Fred's name in because yeah, yeah. it couldn't have been done without Fred in particular because yeah. of his knowledge of the policy and his knowledge of the science. So um, my point what, is I yeah. think that in a lot of cases, scientists have become activists, and essentially they want to change the world. In a lot of cases, you know, in academics, uh, and now we're finding in the deep state that a lot of these people uh, tend to have leftist views, and so climate change is an easy way of getting sort of those leftist policies enacted. So I've made the case that there is what I call a climate change industrial complex, that we have tens and if not hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars now that are moving into the climate change activist network of scientists and activists and politicians and lobbyists and so on. And I, do you believe uh, and look, I, I don't know the answer to this. I'm, I'm genuinely asking you because I don't know. Do you believe that the, 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 the amount of money that's being thrown at this issue has cause some kind of kind of pollution of the actual research itself? Undoubtedly. I mean, that's part of the issue that I think, you know, we, we had a global cooling scare in the 60s and 70s, and it never caught on because there wasn't any big money following behind it. Now, you know, I, you can be uh, blackballed from academia. You can be blackballed from almost anything involved in science if you don't follow the policy line. I mean, we almost dropped into a, a Lysenkoism of the, the Soviet Union back in the 1930s. I mean, I'm afraid that's what that's where we're headed right now if we're not already there. So there have been so many false scares over the last 50 years in the environmental movement, everything from overpopulation to running out of food to running out of energy to nuclear winter. And one thing after another, I remember when I was a kid, they were talking about we were going to run out of farmland. And obviously, it's been one debunked myth after another. And look, I'm not saying that um, we shouldn't take threats seriously, but. Uh, it almost seems like some of the folks in these kind of movements, in the green movement, just jump jump from one eco-crisis to another. I, I think that's exactly correct, and because uh, it, it's sort of like H.L. Mencken, you got to you got to keep a hobgoblin going to scare the populace. And in fact, right. the things we constantly see is that you know, if they say in twelve years, then uh, in eight years it becomes another twelve years, and there's somehow multiples of four, which I think has to do with an election cycle. So, what is going on with the climate right now? What what do you and Fred Singer think? should be done? I mean, like, in other words, if you were the climate czar, what would you recommend? 
Well, I, I think we, we need to have, and I don't know how to do it, but I think we need to get rid of the scare mentality the idea, and really look at climate from a, an unbiased standpoint. I mean, that's one of the things right. I was working on with the Trump administration in attempting to uh, have the National Climate Assessment be a much more balanced viewpoint of right. the uh, uh, climate um, and the current state of the climate to get a lot of different viewpoints in rather than just pick one or two people and have them write everything from their perspective. And um, I think that's really what we need to do. And in a lot of cases, I think carbon dioxide, and Fred did, is, is but a bit player in climate change. Now, that doesn't mean humans can't change the climate. We have. We've done so, and in some cases, has been detrimental. But there are, you know, but to say that carbon dioxide is somehow a magic climate knob that you set carbon dioxide and, you know, all climate goes to pot after it, um, it is not any way that we know how science works. I'm talking to David Lee Gates. He is a scholar at the Independent Institute and is a co-author of a great new book called Hot Talk, Cold Science, Global Warming's Unfinished uh, Debate. And we just got a minute or two left, but I wanted to ask you about do you believe that these uh, kinds of initiatives that, for example, the Paris Climate Accord is, is pushed, do you believe that they will be – let's assume that they were put fully into implementation, that they would be able to change the global temperature? No. We've had uh, a number of these over the years. I've seen a recent plot that shows carbon dioxide as a function of when all of these treaties were signed and nothing ever happens. I think they're, they are largely wind addressing, but I think they're trying to get at a different viewpoint. And a lot of people like the Green New Deal have argued it's really not about climate change. It's about changing the way in which we do economic business in the country and in the world. And I think that's really the take-home message of what this is all about. So one last question before I uh, let you go. I'm talking to David Lee Gates from the Independent Institute. And by the way, thank you again for joining us on this 4th of July weekend. Um, do you believe that uh, – I'm just I'm, – I'm disheartened that there aren't more people who are courageous like you – who are speaking out, it almost seems like there's an in- intimidation factor in the sciences that you're not allowed to say what you're saying. And if you do, you will be ostracized and you won't get grants and you won't get funding and you might even get fired. Yes. I mean, I've talked to numerous people who say, you know, secretly I agree with you, but I'm never going to come out and say that because I don't want to be under the attack like you've been. I mean, I've been on, I'm right now on a uh, uh, federal do not fund list. Um, I had some fun things happen when I was working uh, with the Trump administration the past four months of the... Wait, wait, hold hold on, David, David, hold on. You're saying that you are on a a no, do not fund list. I have been told that, and then I tried to apply to several grants, and essentially what happened was uh, the grants never got reviewed. Uh, and what is and your degree? One what, grant, what is, example, was Department what, of Agriculture grant, with right. uh, had nothing to do with climate change, had everything to do with radar estimates of precipitation right. for wow. agriculture. And I still the, the the proposal was never reviewed. Yeah. Well, how can you have a debate if you don't allow people to take the other side of the debate? I mean, what I'm saying, folks, and I think David Lee Gates is confirming this, is the reason there is a scientific consensus is because anyone who doesn't believe in the scientific consensus is muzzled. Is that right? That is correct. That is correct. 
Yeah, it's amazing. Well, David, I'd love to have you on again. You're a fountain of information about the scam of, of what's happening in Washington with respect to this climate change issue. And I hope you have a, a great Fourth uh, of July rest of your weekend. And I will be right back, folks. And remember, call in now. It's 1-800-848-9222. I want to ask you whether you agree with me that America is the greatest country on earth. And if it is, what makes us so special? Let's have some fun on this 4th of July weekend. Call in right now. 1-800-848-9WABC. I'll be right back. If you're suffering from ED, you're not alone. 60% of men over 60 have this problem. Help is out there. The professionals at Elevate Wellness can help you be the man you used to be. They've helped thousands of patients and have a 96% success rate. What are you waiting for? Call 973-354-2276. 973-354-2276. Your first visit is only $99. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. Help is out there. ElevateWellnessGroup.com. 